it's Thursday night, and you're listening to Kayak Fisher Radio. It looks like the little needles are moving on the dial, and we've got uh, we've got audio, and I think we're being broadcast. So, having a little trouble with Blog Talk Radio here the last few nights on Kayak Fishing Radio, but it's Thursday. You're listening to Kayak Fishing Radio. I'm Chip Gibson, Tree Hugger. In the chat room, we got my buddy Jim from North Atlanta and Matt Trucks from New Jersey, and uh, I guess it's just going to be us chatting about fishing and what are we gonna what are we fishing for over the next week and stuff it's the holiday week is coming up holiday weekend some people might not be taking the whole week off but i plan on hitting the road saturday morning headed south i'm not gonna say i'm going to a state that begins with the letter f because i got accused uh today that or at least mr becker said he was going to change my name from tree hugger to rainmaker so, <laughs> you're a powerful man. Uh, it's it's just the big giant head, and it draws all that those weather systems and stuff like that. The, the gravity of the whole situation, you know. So, anyways, we're getting a little shower here in South Atlanta. How about you, Jim? Any rain up there? A little misty, but I think it's yeah. gonna come my way. Yeah. So, you get any fishing in the last week or so? You were down in. Florida not too long ago, so you probably used up all your passes, haven't you? Well, it was um, not this weekend. The weekend before, I was about 30 miles north of the next boondoggle location in Brunswick visiting uh-huh. family. and Actually, my mom and her husband have two acres on a saltwater river with a floating dock, so I basically can launch a kayak off the dock where I can be really, really lazy and fish directly off the dock. So I did that. Um, on a Saturday, caught some little dink sea trout, had that cold front came in and kind of messed it up. And then two weeks before that, the wife and I were in uh, Key Largo and Key West for a week on our vacation and um, hooked up with a guide two days and um, spent a day on the boat kind of junk fishing with the wife, catching just about everything. And then the second day, we went out and it got so rough, my back actually couldn't take it. So we went up and yeah. chased some ditch tarpon. Right. That was pretty cool. And we did pretty good on the ditch tarpon, but man, the wind was howling. Twenty-five, twenty twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> were you using a fly rod or just casting to them? Um, the first day we were um when we were junk fishing, when it was me and the wife and the guide were all on the boat, we all picked up spinning rods, and I told the guide, I'm like, pick up a rod, man, dude, let's fish. <laughs> and um, we were throwing spinning rods, and then at the end of the day, I threw a fly rod a little bit, but it was fairly windy, and we were in a 16-foot dolphin super skiff, so we were not in a big skiff. Yeah. And then um, we caught all kinds of stuff. I think we caught the world record grunt on a Rapala, the guy did. It was huge. <laughs> and I told him that I was going to put him in for a world record, and he hit his face. I, he went to let me take a picture of it, and it was a huge grunt. And then the second day when we were chasing ditch tarpon, I picked up a fly rod because we were out of the wind, you know, standing on shore, right. some little private ditches. Um, caught half dozen or so, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a lot of fun when you get yeah. in there, get out of the wind, something like that, you know. All right. Matt, tell us about your uh, trip. I haven't been able to get on and, and read your blog, but you said you, you it was it's crazy sick, the... Uh, the striper's rolling through, huh? Yeah, striper's rolling through from the uh, north to the south. It's the fall run. Um, 
a little different fishing for me. Um, typically, I'm a bay guy. I I live in closer proximity to uh, a, a nice bay, which is called Raritan Bay. That's kind of the bay that New York City kind of sits inside of, um, if you know the geography of New Jersey. But uh, basically, this one was going down to the uh, the beach and crashing through the waves to get out there. <laughs> Not something I, I'm accustomed to. I have practiced in the past, and I've only been out fishing once on the uh, ocean side going through the breakers off the beach so it's uh definitely a little crash course when the water water's like you know 49 50 degrees and <laughs> it's yeah it's it's a little bit different so it's but, um, it is <laughs> but uh yeah got out there and uh, the stripers were stacked up on top of each other you could see them just swimming by and uh, let me tell you man there was there had to be thousands of birds out there and hundreds of motorboats. It, it was so, there were so many motorboats out there. It sounded like a, uh, uh, like a, uh, one of those fuel tankers that, that carry the crude oil over. Like it was just going by at full force the entire time I was out there just because just of all the motor noise together, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, the, the stripers just were not biting that day, unfortunately. Uh, we had the low pressure coming in uh, Sunday afternoon, and uh, that's when uh, I ended up being out there. And uh, unfortunately, the birds stopped working, and then this fog rolled in, and I couldn't see 30 feet in front of me. I was out there with one other guy. Actually, uh, I saw John Ost out there. He, he bailed out before that happened, luckily. Because as soon as that fog rolled, then not 10 minutes later, it, it, there was just swells that came out of nowhere, and the ocean kind of came alive on us. So I'll admit it, I wrecked coming in big time. Did you? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wrecked. Uh, lost a rod, and rod and reel, nice setup. I also lost uh, a couple lures that I had just sitting on the... <laughs> inside my hatch, which I didn't strap down. It was so bad because what happened was the fog was so thick, I couldn't even see the breakers until I was on top of them. There was just no time. I I heard them before I was there. (laughs) So they were usually five to six-foot waves I had to come in on. Just swells, man. No wind. It was just like a swell from a storm really far away. Huh. But, um, yeah, I ended up... <laughs> Oops, sorry. Matt, how, how much interval was between your swell? Was it real tight, or did you have a little space to catch your breath in? Uh, fortunately, there was a little bit of space after I crashed, <laughs> so I was able okay. to come up without getting nailed right away. But it was probably five seconds after that; I was, it was back on me. You know, okay. I thought I had it timed right. I was almost all the way in, but th- these waves were crashing fifty feet out. So that that's I'm not used to that. Yeah, usually it's you got like ten, twenty feet, you got one wave to deal with. The first two I was fine, and the second one caught me sideways and just flipped me right over. Yeah. So if you're going out in the colder winter, it was real, we were lucky. Well, I was lucky. It was sixty degrees, and uh, the water was only in the like it was like forty nine, fifty degrees. So I have a two-piece dry suit, and I got wet. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
So I'd say uh, in the wintertime, <laughs> if it was any colder than that, next time I'm going out in a full dry suit just in case that ever happens. Yeah, you don't want to, don't, at least you were on your way in, you know. <laughs> it would have just ruined the day of fishing. You wouldn't have got to see any fish because uh, it's just, yeah. don't want to get out there and get exposure and stuff. I mean, that water's cold up there now. There's a lot of bait in water. Yeah, that's big surf. Yeah, a lot um, of what they call rainfish. The rain, like like rain bait? Yeah. Yep. And the the uh, stripers weren't they were crashing them. Good earlier in the week on the. I'm sorry. Were the stripers crashing them, or were they just swimming around? They were just swimming around, kind of swirling around, you know. Just hmm. uh, they'd, they'd come up and push the bait up, and then the, the birds would attack the bait. But it wasn't much action. Uh, they weren't really feeding. It was a slow pick for the boats. Like two boats I saw all day pick any bass. So hmm. that, that's pretty bad, considering the amount of fish that were there. It was, it was insane. That's frustrating. I mean, we were at the boondoggle. We were, well, the couple of days after the boondoggle, stayed down there with my dad and my brother-in-law. And we had gone back up in this cove. Uh, we had launched right out of Sherman Cove. And, man, it was so pretty back up in there. There was bait. There was fish crashing and everything. But just nothing. Couldn't get anything to bite. My dad caught one nice gator trout. Uh, about a 26-inch trout, and then I had something hooked up. It took off, pulled drag. But other than that, we just saw lots of fish moving around, lots of bait, but nothing, you know. It's like, you know, you see all the movement, you see big schools of bait and stuff, and it's like you just keep throwing, you know, and it's like nothing, nothing. It's frustrating days. Those are frustrating. It was, yeah, it was extremely frustrating. I, I threw everything I had. I even had live eels. They wouldn't even touch that. I mean, that, that's uh-huh. candy. Yeah. So. Yeah, we had we had you know we had live shrimp, then dead shrimp, then shrimp with no legs, and then shrimp that was eaten by pinfish. But. Uh huh. I lost a rod too down there. I was, you know, if you're gonna have one rod with a big old, uh, Zaris, you know, big old spook on it, you know. That rod there needs to go by itself because when you go to pick that one up and that spook grabs another rod, it'll drop it right in the water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I no, lost. I, I, I'm sorry if I threw you guys off. I didn't lose the rod crashing in the surf. I actually lost oh. the rod out there. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. Oh, no. Yeah, I have uh, the ram rod tubes, and usually I tighten all that stuff up before I launch, but since I had the rod staged, kind of laying down and strapped in, when I put the rod in the holder, and I was just fish- I was jigging with the one rod, and I left the other rod in the holder. I go to look back, and I'm like, all right, I'll set that live line up now. I look back, and the rod holder is horizontal, and the rod's missing. I'm like, oh, oh, man. yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a big mistake on my part. I mean, I could have been avoided, but that's something I usually check before I'm in the water, not setting it up while I'm out there. Do you so put that'll uh, never happen again? And it was the first time I ever rod? went out without the rod, rods leashed. My rods are always leashed. And I got out there, I forgot the leashes. I was like, well, I'm not going back now. It's on. The birds are all over the place. I want to get get out there as soon as I can, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask if you if you always leash your rods, but you said you did. I do. Just this one particular time, that didn't didn't do it. Didn't have the leashes with me. I left them in the truck. Oh. So that's the real kicker. 
That's the time you lose them. That's it. <laughs> I've, I've never been out there with uh, unleashed rods, except for freshwater. I, I don't tend to leash my rods fishing in the fresh, but definitely out in the salt, because you never know. You get hit by a, a rogue boat wake, and it could throw you off enough, or you just drop the rod. Yeah. Well, I wish that it wasn't so ungainly, you know, the, the things that you can add to your rods so they float, you know. And then at the boondoggle, there were a couple of rod manufacturers that showed up, and manly rods, bull bay rods, some of those. And, you know, the the ones with the the floating handles on them and stuff, I just, I don't know. I like Overboard cork. Rods. Yeah. I like cork and those other rods. It just, the handles are so big, you know, because they, they got to make them big so they'll float. Then those things, you know, that like the bass fishermen have, they're like little pieces of styrofoam that you tie wrap onto the to your rod between the yeah, reel and the first. Yeah. Now, this uh, is a big trolling setup that I lost. Uh, uh, what was it? A uh, Shimano Charter Special 1000 uh, on a, on a uh, medium-heavy uh, Daiwa sea line rod, 7-footer. That's yeah, heavy trolling gear that I use for uh, trolling up the, the bass, the big bass. Yeah. Or I can live line with it, too. Yeah. And when you troll, do you have your rods in front of you or behind you? Uh, they're typically behind me. Oh. But I, I'm trolling in free spool. So the fish hits, it just runs with it. Right. Free spool with the clicker on. You just hear the yeah. clicker go. Right. And t- typically with the striper, you don't have to set the hook right away because, you know, he's still munching on it as he's swimming. <laughs> Got to let him eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I've lost, I lost one rod. I was fishing with Tommy about a month or so ago, and I stood up in the damn boat and <laughs> got got crooked in it, tried to move and flipped over, jumped out of the boat had everything with everything except one rod, a little rod that I had built. It was a little little five foot spinning rod ultralight that I had built and I think on that I had it wasn't a very expensive reel, it was just a little I think it was just a little uh Shimano symmetry. But I got a new I got a new one to replace the one I lost down in Florida though at the boondoggle. I got a I got a new Saint Croix Triumph. I like their freshwater rods because they have shorter handles on them. But uh, it's a Triumph medium, seven and a half foot. And then I got a uh, saw a pretty good deal and picked up a uh, a Shimano Saros. I guess that's how you say it, S A R O S. And uh, it's the one that's yeah, like nice it's just under the the uh, the Stratic because my wife's got. I got her a Stratic. She really likes that. But that Saros, it seems just as smooth. It's nice and light, too. Yeah, that's a good reel. I might be persuaded to go over to Shimano. The pens, I've always been a, I, I love pen reels. And, I mean, I've got, like, I probably have a half a dozen pen 260 slammers. That's my favorite reel. A couple of 360s. And then, uh... But they're, the Shimano's are just so much lighter, and they're real smooth. See how the drags work out on them. But. And they're actually cheaper <laughs> for some reason. 
Yeah, for some reason, right? I don't know. I, I never uh, understood that. Yeah. But I've got one of the new Penn Spin Fisher 5s. It's a little bit, it's about halfway between a 260 and a 360 as far as size goes. Uh, but it's heavy. I mean, even the bale on it looks like it's made out of a quarter-inch steel rod. I mean, it's big old heavy bale on the thing, you know. But, uh... You ever use uh, those uh, pen battle reels? They're pretty nice. Yeah, they're pretty nice little reel. I mean... Use them for saltwater, though. I don't know. I just... I like the bling of the gold and black. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm going stealthy with the black paddle, uh, battle reel right yeah, yeah, so, uh, but as far as my, like, my trolling setups and stuff, I like, uh, I use the uh, Shimano uh, bait runners, and uh, I've always had real good luck with those, and I like that second drag, you know, that bait runner drag on there, because you can set that up, so, especially so in the drag kayak. Up on the back of the wheel, right? Right, yeah, so yeah, you just flip nice. that lever. You know, yep. and you can you can tighten it up enough. I think maxed out on it, it's only got like five pounds of drag. And then as soon as you pick the reel up and start reeling, it flips over to the main drag. Then you've got like twenty pounds on the thing. You know, so, but you can actually let a fish run with it, and it's not gonna it's not gonna you know it's not like leaving the bail open like we used to do. So, <laughs> put a rubber band on it or something like that. You know. <laughs> That was that was one of the techniques. Leave your bail open and put a rubber band around it. So, or leave but, the bail open and hold it in your your uh, index and forefinger. <laughs> right, right. Just, luckily, it was this old monofilament, something that you know after your hands were nice and wet, it would cut cut you up pretty good. Um, oh, I couldn't but, imagine uh, doing that with braid. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, got got put new braid on the reels and. We're gonna load up. We're gonna head down to uh, to the south side down there. Maybe fish a little bit with Mr. Becker. Uh, I don't think Haywood's gonna be up to doing any fishing. He just got his knee cut on, so just had some surgery. But uh, I know a little shout out there to Robert Becker's son. He just had his adenoids and tonsils out the other day. I think it was yesterday. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. poor kid. He should be filling up on ice cream though and jello right now, right? That's right. <laughs> right. There you go. So last week we did uh you know, we did the uh, kayak angler choice awards, right? And I don't know if anybody looked on the uh the Facebook page for Yak Angler or whatever, but my goodness, what a stir we caused with that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, there was like two hundred uh posts on that. <laughs> You know, I mean, I guess, you know, it's fun. And that's really the part that's fun to me. I mean, Mark called me uh, the next day, and he's like, good grief, man. Have you seen all the all the responses and everything? And it's like, yeah, whatever, you know. I mean, I don't know. We do it for fun. And uh, it, it's funny because everybody's like, there needs to be a panel to uh, to uh, decide who, who who makes the cut, you know. And it's like, well... The whole idea, yeah. The whole idea was that we were, you know, it was a angler's choice award. It's like we want people to say who they think is a good fisherman. You know, I mean, even if you're just, you know, doing it out of little respect for your fishing buddy and, and nominate them, you know, uh, or they say, you know, it has, if 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 these people weren't in, you know, didn't get nominated, then there's no credibility to it. Well, I mean, it didn't say that you were 
a tournament angler of the year. It didn't say that you were a board certified <laughs> kayak angler or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was just whatever no, people wanted it. to nominate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they could have nominated those people if they really want, felt that they deserved the nomination. You know, we only see the URL, the you know, the the actual uh, the number one, you know, the 139.168. That's all we see from the survey system that we use to do that. So you can yeah. even nominate your damn self, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so, I mean, it's – and, I mean, the people that made it, you know, the – it's cool, and we'll do it again next year, but it's, it's, I mean, it's supposed to be fun, and, you know, there's such a huge prize involved, too, you know, the whole bragging yeah. rights for a year, right? I mean, that's yeah, it. Yeah, a little email saying congratulations. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so, some people, what's really, what's yeah, really funny is just, the... They're wrapped yeah, too tight. I know, you know? yeah. And that's, that's the time when you just sit back and say, you know what, if you're good, then, I mean, what, I don't know. It's fun. Uh, it's fun to see. Actually, you know, from the Kayak Angler Choice Awards, we started it three years ago. And uh, I've learned a lot. Of, I've learned about a lot of people. I know that, I mean, this, the, the first year uh, people got nominated and they're like, Hey man, how, nobody, how come nobody over here got nominated? Well, I guess maybe you know we try to hit all the forums and everything and pass it along and let people know that it's going on. Uh, but then when they find out about it and nobody nominated them, they're all upset about it, or nobody nominated their buddy or something like that. So I don't know. We'll keep doing it. We'll keep trying different things, but we're not going to break it down. I mean, we want it to be the choice wars. We want it to be people who kayak fish. And there's no limitations on how long you've had to kayak fish. I mean, it's really, you think about it, I mean, uh, so you don't, if you don't want to campaign for votes, that's cool. But, I mean, we can't keep it like a secret ballot, you know, like nobody knows, so nobody votes, right? Uh, and Well, yeah, everybody should campaign for their votes if, if they feel that they deserve the prize. Sure, why not? Or <laughs> yeah. at least say, or at least, you know, at least put out to your friends, hey, there's this Kayak Angler Choice Award. Go on there and vote for whoever you think. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. even say that I had been nominated just or, you know, anything. Just go check it out. Pass the word. Yeah, I saw Jackson uh, Kayak had a little ad up there, Kayak Choice Awards, go vote for the CUDA 14. And I saw yeah. the uh, Bending Branches had their three paddles that were nominated. They were like, go vote for one of our paddles, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 Facebook's a tool. I mean, why not use it? It's yeah, Chip, it's for fun, and yeah. it's appreciated by those who win, I'm sure. And people who <laughs> want to criticize and get all upset, they got too much free time, and they need to get a job. They you need to go I mean? fishing more. And, uh, <laughs> they need to do something. I mean, you know, think about it. The Philippines, people in the Philippines just got hit by a cyclone that was like 200-mile wind, 200-mile-hour wind, and most of the country's yeah. like not even there, right? All their right. infrastructure's gone. And people get upset that they didn't get nominated, and there's people over there yeah. dealing with that. I mean, people need to put things like in the right perspective. tornadoes in the Midwest here. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Let's, let's focus on what's important and let's enjoy something like this. I just appreciate y'all going through the effort to put it together, you know? You know, what's funny is the, the, the Kayak Angler Magazine and uh, Canoe Kayak, uh, Rapid Media, New Kayak Fish, Paul Leibowitz, Rick, uh, Rick Burnley, all of them, they, they were talking out at uh, 
It was either ICAST or Outdoor Retailer with uh, Adam from Yak Angler. And they were all like, yeah, we're glad y'all doing it because we thought about it and we won't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Just <laughs> It's like, so... So they'll 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 accept the award for uh, best uh, kayak angling journal or or magazine and or you know the best product and stuff, but nobody wants to touch it. So, but you know what, Howard Stern, nobody likes that guy. Everybody wants to throw him in the in the river and stuff. But the dude is he's made it he's made it from being controversial, right? So mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's it. We'll just start doing shock kayak fishing radio. <laughs> Make everybody mad. <laughs> Make it completely shocking. That's right. Next year we'll nominate a guy that just fishes out of boats. Yeah, yeah. Just show him. Just have pictures of him in a John boat with trolling motors all over it and stuff. You know. Yeah. No, no not a commercial netter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those. <laughs> you know, speaking of speaking of John boats with trolling motors all over them, you know, down here, Matt, they they do these. Um, we we have all these little freshwater impoundments that there's no no motors allowed because of the they're they're just uh they're freshwater impoundments for drinking water, right? Yeah, and, we got the same thing here. So absolutely. And there's a big there's a big uh like a it's kind of a uh it's not like bass anglers, uh but it's but they have little bass tournaments and stuff, you know, with all that. Man, and I'm thinking, boy, when I get that slayer the little Propel Slayer. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go put in for a couple of those little tournaments and see how he put up with you know. Because I think it'd be a lot faster than a John boat, even with a couple of fifty horse, fifty uh, pound thrust motors on the front of it, and uh, be able to there, get up in, there, in some of those spaces. There's a series. Jeff, a series there's a series of events with those John boats. They have like their own little trail where they do a series of events, and it's uh, electric motor only. Yeah. It's just not one or two. They have six or seven little events. I mean, they're yeah. they're pretty hardcore about their little John boat bass fishing. Yeah, they probably get mad if a guy with a kayak pedals <laughs> in there, yeah, run circles around them. Well, you'd have to go up there with a uh, pro angler, and uh, yeah. that, that way you could fit into their class there, sort of. <laughs> well, I do think <laughs> I think you have to fish with two anglers on the boat, though. That's a problem. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So have to get two <laughs> two to pro anglers. Two pro anglers and then tie wrap them front in, front to back, you know, so that there's a big long giant pro angler, you know, a pro angler twenty eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I'm looking forward to trying out my new uh, Saint Croix rod and uh, the new Shimano reel. What else? I'm I'm I I, I was wishing that the uh, the Slayer Propel would come in. But I don't see we're gonna have that. And actually, I ordered it in the uh, the new Gator Bait color, that pink camouflage. So yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. Well, my wife will be the primary user of it. She's a, she's wanted a pedal kayak, and when we were at the Boondoggle, she got out there on the Propel, and she liked it. She liked the way that the seat was set up and everything. And uh, so it'll be her primary boat. But if uh, if we're like at the uh, Adventure fishing tournament in February. Uh, either me or the clone will be in that boat, and the other one will be in probably the regular Slayer. So, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be a nice addition to the uh, to the fleet here. So, but yeah, speaking of additions to the fleet, um, saw the announcement of the uh, Kraken. 
The Kraken, yeah. That's the uh, Jim, <laughs> Jim Salmon's boat, right? Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the new Jackson kayak, uh, Jim Salmon's signature big water boat. I haven't got a chance to see a picture of it yet, though. What's it look like? There's no real picture of it. It's just like oh. a picture just of, like, the a front piece of, of the hull. Yeah, yeah, the front of it. Yeah, it's got a pretty yeah. big bow on it. kind of reminds me of a um, Trident Angler, when you look at the bow, what they show right. of it. Uh-huh. A little bit sharper, a little more like a tarpon, but it flares out more than a tarpon from the image I've seen. So it's got sharper than a um, Trident Angler, then it flares more than a tarpon, but it does have a little bit sharper bow like that um, Tarpon 16 I used to have. Yeah, it's kind of almost like a, a sea kayak bow. Yep. Hmm. It's it's really It'll narrow. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see it. Of it anyway. Yep. So that's Jackson's oh, okay. big news there. I see the, I see the, uh, meet the new Kraken. Well, that's a pretty big departure from their, from their, their regular lines on their boats. Mm-hmm. When I see Matt Trucks there with the number one response to the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> They're on Kraken. I'm on Kraken, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that looks, you know what that looks like? That looks like the bow of my, uh, um, cobra fishing dive. That's what that looks like. That's a nice bow. But you know, Jim's been fishing out of uh, ocean kayaks for so long. I mean, and that's just well, that is, and you know, fishing in California, you got to launch through those those rough surf conditions all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. They got yeah. big, big waves. Man. Yeah, that's big, big water. Surf. That's big nasty. Yeah. That's big nasty water. Oh, that's where I got my Cobra from. I mean, it was like, that was the boat to have in California. Was, I mean, 600-pound load, you could throw your scuba gear on the back of it, paddle out to the kelp beds, and jump down. Yeah, it's the fish and dive, right? Yeah, the fish and die. <laughs> <laughs> you had to, have, you had to be, have some big old shoulders to paddle that sucker, man. It's 30, 32 inches wide, maybe 36 inches wide. That sucker is huge. I first put a Maybe like a 280 centimeter paddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, that's why I have that big old long paddle with my tie dye blades on it, because it's it's ah, a solo, okay. it's a solo canoe paddle, and uh, you just need it. I, I couldn't a regular paddle because I I don't have a real steep, you know, dig with the paddle. I like keeping a low angle, but I was still busting my knuckles on the gunnel on that thing. In fact, I put an anchor trolley on it. And I had the little, you know, that little figure eight thing, you know, to hook off your anchor trolley. And, oh, man, I was tearing my knuckles up on that thing. So, but. Yeah, you got to keep things out of your sweep, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. That's right. Unless you have pedals. What you do now? Yeah. In gator bait. Well, and the, the uh, you know, the cool thing about that, that uh, about the, uh, the Slayer is that boat, even without the propel drive in it, it still it paddles like uh, the regular Slayer. I mean, it's oh yeah, it's a hull. It's it's, it's not like a Hobie. Hobie's not really a hull. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's, <laughs> it's it's that's a, why it's Hobie's much faster. Yeah, Hobie's yeah. a boat. Hobie's not a kayak. It's a boat. You know, uh, basically, it's just not it's just not good for paddling. I mean, you know. Good God, if, can you imagine being like, you know, four miles offshore and you're pro angler and your drive break on you and trying to paddle that thing back? No. 
No, I mean, not at all. <laughs> not at all. You would be wore out, man. <laughs> no, that'd be a whole lot no fun. And that's why, you know, you see the guys, I've seen several YouTube videos of guys crashing in those things. But it's because, you know, when you, unless you, you can't keep them straight, you know. I mean, you they get in the surf and they get sideways and then that big old thing's going to roll over. So, um, I, I know from talking to Woody at the Boondoggle, uh, the folks at Hobie they were looking they were looking at that uh, Propel Slayer pretty much because uh, they they just need even the you know even their Outback that's not an easy boat to pedal or to paddle I mean if you if you don't put the drive in of course you know if, if the drive doesn't break you're okay but um, uh-huh. but it's not it's they're they're not real good holes to paddle or at least it's not been my experience so but they don't look like no. they track well paddling. No. No, it's like we used you know, to have. I don't know. A, I never paddled one. <laughs> we used to have a. Uh, um, oh man, what was it? The little uh, uh, Malibu Mini X, and it's it was like nine feet. It's a great little river boat because it's real wide. I mean, it's like thirty-four inches wide, and you can put like three hundred pounds on. It's only nine feet long, but man, that sucker was a. It was like a pumpkin seed, you know, trying to paddle that thing because. Every time you take a stroke, it would go the other way, you know? It's like, right stroke, go left. Left stroke, go right. You just zigzag back and forth. But if you're on a river, it's great because you just kind of throw a drag anchor out if you want to slow down or pick it up and just cruise on down the river, you know? Spinning yep. around like a little yep. top. <laughs> yep. if, if I lived where Chuck lived and had that much no motor zone on the, you know, inshore, inside, and then the Mosquito Lagoon, lagoon with the pole and troll only. If I lived somewhere like that, I could see having a Pro-Angler 14 or a Propel because you could cover so much water. Because that no-motor zone on the east side of Merritt, that's a lot of water, you yeah. know, especially if you're going to paddle it. And they get a lot of wind. That um, that east coast of Florida gets a lot of wind yeah. coming off the Atlantic. So I can I can see where that would be a real advantage to cover all that water. But if you want to run offshore, you know, run through some surf and paddle offshore, I'm thinking I'm looking for a cockpit. You know, I'm not looking for an elevated chair or a chair that comes out. I'm looking for a cockpit and looking for things that can be closed up when you go through the surf zone. Yeah. Some you can tie things down to and stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking oh, for a boat that's going to. I mean, at, go at least the, the pro angler's longer, you know. I mean, the. Uh, um, uh, but you know, like even the Slayer Twelve, I don't know. I wouldn't be too comfortable out offshore in a twelve-foot boat. I mean, no, big of a guy no, as not I at am, all. So, so. No, I don't. You know, if I'm offshore, I want to be in a sixteen-footer. I want to be in something that's got some some size to it, even if it's harder to paddle. Yeah. Yeah. The other side of that is, is I would think a shorter boat would be easier to to kind of surf in, you know, and get more control. It might be, but you know the one thing is is overall you're paddling. I mean, hull length, waterline length determines your overall hull speed. So, yep. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, like the guys in the old uh, tarpon 160s. I mean, they could they could walk away from you. You know, as far as a sprint to a fishing hole, a guy in a 160 boat will just walk away from you. Or you see those big old sea kayaks. I mean. You know, yep. 18 feet long on the water line, it just glides, man. But 
You're not going to stand up in one. <laughs> yep. It's like my... Uh, yeah, a too so I, had a, I had that Tarpon 16 that was nine years old, and it would... I mean, you could take that thing, and it would paddle. I mean, you could go with it, especially if you weren't... Like, it was really too small for me for my weight, so the, I was lower in the water line than what the boat was designed for, but it would go. A friend of mine paddled it. He's a young, thin stud. He's about 185 pounds, and... Let me tell you, that boat was scoop. And then I've got that big 17-and-a-half-foot um, current design storm that's made for a guy who's about 240, 17-and-a-half yeah. feet long, about 29 inches wide. And that boat, I can move that boat quickly, even yeah. as long as it is. But it's narrow, and, you know, I don't I fish out of it sometimes just with a single spinning rod. But um, that little 12-footer I sold to Tommy Hood, Short, wide, 12-footer. I mean, it's good for ponds, and it was responsive, but it really was not a paddling boat, in my opinion, compared to my tarpon and my my sit-in, my storm. Yeah. yeah. All things you got to think about. Hey, we about. have something in common. We both sold Tommy Head Jigs a boat. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> nice. He, Tommy's been busy lately. I haven't heard, seen or heard from him, I mean, since the boondoggle. He's making he, jig heads. He, he got all that lead. I guess so, yeah. Lead, oh, did he really? <laughs> He's yeah, pouring pour jig heads. I guess. Yeah. I'm surprised not to see him on the uh, kayak fishing radio, though. He could pour jigs and listen to the radio. Right, That's right. right. I'm going to have to give him a call. So, Anyways. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to go. I'm going to be feed out of here, try to load up some stuff tonight, a little bit more tomorrow, so be ready to pull out Saturday morning, head south, do some fishing and uh Actually, we're going to take the motorcycles down too if the weather's nice down there. Maybe cruise around a little bit. So, but uh, really cool. Yeah, I think yeah, there won't so. be a special Thanksgiving kayak fishing radio show next week. Um, no, I think we'll probably. <laughs> I'll just load up a an old one and uh, do a rerun for next week. So that works. But, uh, yeah, that works. So, and uh, as far as Thanksgiving goes, you guys enjoy the holidays and. Uh, Hopefully you guys get a chance to fish. If not, uh, watch some football. So, speaking of football, did you see the uh, the Hail Mary catch for the Auburn Tigers over the Georgia Bulldogs? No. <laughs> really? Uh, dude, I'm so over Until Georgia <laughs> fires all their coaches, I'm not watching another Georgia game until they fire all their coaches. I mean, all of them. Top to bottom, Mark Rick, all the way through. They all need to be gone. <laughs> Until they fire them all, I'm not watching another Georgia game, ever. <laughs> Nokomis Beach, Chip, Nokomis Beach, that's where the used to be, the snook, snook used to stack up around the docks and um, the little bridge. They have like a little draw, single-lane drawbridge from the mainland. It's south yeah. of Tampa, if you get down that way. Okay. But there used to be snook stacked in there like cordwood. Yeah. We I know when we were down there last year. It was Thanksgiving. It was right after Thanksgiving or the week. No wait, it was the week after the boondoggle. We were cruising around and uh, over there where the uh, power plant is. Holy cow! Back up in the backwater there, man. The, the uh-huh. manatees are all up in here. They look like big old big old tanks floating in the water. And then snook, cobia, tarpon all hanging up underneath them, man. It's it's like. I swear, I'm not going to hang up on any of those manatees. Just let me fish underneath them. <laughs> Good luck. You know, I mean, anyways. All right, well, you guys have a good uh, holiday, and folks listening to the podcast, do the same. Get out, go fishing, and uh, we'll see you uh, Thursday after Thanksgiving. All right, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Thanks, you too, Chip.
All right, we'll see you next time. Good night. Good night. Good night.